again, all my gorgeous listeners, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Glow West podcast. Here we chat all about the wonders of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find content on politics, culture, society, and of course, my favorite topic of sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack to help keep the mics on. Or if you like, please pop over to Apple and rate and review as it does help people discover the podcast. If you want to get in touch, the Instagram and Twitter is at Glow West Podcast. So today we are talking all about the delights of Tantra and beyond the stereotype of Sting having sex for eight hours, which I'm sure my guest is sick of hearing because that's the one <laughs> stereotype we always hear about. So I have an excellent expert in this area to talk to us about it today. Debbie Ward Erickson is the founder of of the Institute of Authentic Tantra Education, the first and only government accredited professional training institute using the Tibetan five element tantric practices for holistic sexual healing. Devi is an ACS certified sexologist, certified tantric healer, certified Reiki practitioner, certified meditation instructor, and has been teaching meditation and personal growth workshops for over 20 years. She's also the host of Sex's Medicine podcast and has been featured all over the place in countless articles as a tantric healing expert. And if all that wasn't impressive enough, she's also been awarded the 2021 ASEC Live Web Series Award and was mostly recently featured in VH1's Couples Retreat, which if you really want to go and check that out is episode five, which aired on May 24th. And she's also been featured in Ebony Magazine and Lotus Blooms. And she was featured in a sexual wellness article for Well and Good. Debbie, how do you even have time to even get up in the morning? (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Great, thank you. You are passionate (laughs) about your work because you you are all over the place. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been in the field for 13 years, so so I've so I've gotten some traction. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, well deserved because, you know, like we like hearing from people who have all that that passion and drive and they're coming from it from, you know, an educated point of view as well. It's not just like, you know, you're not making things up as you go along, which is also yeah. nice to see, but I'm really interested in your story and how you got into this because you started off, well, not off life. You didn't, you weren't born out of the womb being a stripper in Detroit, but you were a stripper in Detroit. <laughs> I was, but I was born dancing. <laughs> well, I will there say you go. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so how did life move from stripping in Detroit to being a tantra expert? Oh, yeah. Well, I was a monk for a decade in there. Yeah. So. Okay. Right. You got it. You got to tell us about that part. Definitely. I mean, that is some life trajectory there. Yeah. So, um, so I was born in, born in Washington, DC and my, and my family moved all over uh, the United States. And so I ended up, um, uh, in Detroit, uh, when I was around Detroit area, when I was around 12, Detroit, Michigan. And then, so I spent my adolescence there and then my early adulthood. And so I've been a dancer my whole life. And I was going to Wayne state university for the performing arts. And I'd watched flash dance, right. I'm a Gen Xer. Right. So I watched flash dance and I was like, you know, in third or fourth grade or something like that. And I was like, that's the way I want to pay my way through college is I want to be a dancer because I love dancing and I was going to college for dancing. Uh, but by the time I got to <laughs> the, the, 
the uh, sensual entertainment industry, uh, it was a whole different beast than it was in France, if it ever was that. Um, but I had made mine, so I was I was gonna I was gonna you know suffer through it. I was gonna go through it. Uh, so I was a stripper for about three years. Uh, and then um, I left that industry because it was uh, soul crushing um, and actually worked with mentally handicapped people for a while because I really wanted to, I have a huge need for, um, uh, I guess, a, a huge streak of altruism and a huge need to uh, be of service and benefit to others. And so I worked with uh, in, in group homes with mentally handicapped people for a while. And then I left Detroit and moved to Hawaii and went in search of my spiritual path. Um, and I mean, Hawaii eventually- is a good place to do that. I know exactly. Yeah. I know. I know the the Holy Spirit was calling me, so to yeah. speak. Um, uh, so I encountered when I was in Hawaii. I encountered um, the uh, the teachings of the Ashaya's Ascension, and I recognized right away that this was part of my life path. And so I ended up moving to North Carolina, taking vows and becoming a monk of the Ashaya Order. And so I was a monk for almost a decade. Wow. Uh, I had committed my life to the realization of enlightenment. I had committed my life to teaching meditation and supporting humanity and realizing its ultimate nature and living in peace, harmony, and happiness. La la. Uh, so again, I moved back to Hawaii. And I was on Kauai, Hawaii, uh, living there, teaching Ascension. Um, actually, I wasn't doing much teaching of Ascension. I was practicing Ascension uh, meditation, uh, but I was actually teaching erotic dance. So as a monk. I'd, as a monk, okay. yes. <laughs> okay. A slightly unusual, perhaps, in the monk field to, to, to be doing that, maybe. Yes. Well, I mean, our it was it's a um uh, a a modern interpreta- interpretation of what it is to be a monk. Certainly not traditional, and we weren't we didn't have to take celibacy vows. We did for the first year of our of our vows, but then after that, we had a choice whether to continue with the brahmacharya vows or give them up. And so, okay. I of course was not interested in being celibate <laughs> for the rest of my life. I did not find that necessary. So I was teaching erotic dance on Kauai. It was it was something that had evolved out of my a, a fusion of my time as a stripper and my love of dance, but also my love of God. So it was a way of uniting divinity and sensuality, because for me, my dance is an expression of my connection with the divine. And so an erosis is part of that experience. And so for me, erotic dance was, it was sacred erotic dance. It was a fusion and an understanding that human sexuality is sacred and beautiful, and the expression of it is part of the expression of our divinity. So this is how Tantra found me. So I, I didn't even know about Tantra. I knew like just little tiny tidbits here and there. Um, and it was neo-tantra, to be clear, that I had been exposed to at that time. It wasn't traditional tantra. It wasn't Tibetan Buddhist tantra. It was the Western neo-interpretation and version of tantra. And that's what most people uh, understand tantra to be in the West. Yeah, like that kind of, um, they only see it as a sex thing, really. It's not like well, exa- philosophy as such. Exactly. So, so my understanding of how tantra came to the West was also was also uh, you know col- also a part of colonization, right? So India was colonized, and so you know the the Westerners who were there be- became exposed to these you know sacred teachings, and they didn't they don't understand them because it's a ten thousand year old you know philosophy and ideology. So they interpreted it with their Western Victorian minds and did what they did with it and turned it into something new. It's it's a I I straight out say that. that that neo-tantra is a bastardization of traditional tantra i it is and it's rooted in colonialism I mean, yeah. it's rooted in cultural appropriation mm. the roots of it are poisonous mm. that's that's my honest 
God, I won't hold back on that. <laughs> I, and that's, no, that's fine. But it is, though. It's it's like, I, you know, maybe those people who go to India for a weekend and then come back and claim to be a yoga practitioner and, and teach it. And it's like, no, it's not just poses. It's, it's philosophy and everything else that kind of goes with it. But also... Yeah, the colonialism has to be acknowledged in that aspect yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah, and and what tantra is is it's a spiritual science. It is science, and it's a science that's been cultivated and developed over thousands of years. It's one of the oldest forms of science on the planet, and so I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from in seeing the appropriation is that this is an ancient tradition. It's like you know appropriating Christianity or something, you know, and trying to turn it into something that it's not. So there's a lot of frustration at the root. Uh, of of um, uh, seeing what what the way tantra is presented in the West, um, and so I personally was introduced to Tibetan Buddhist tantra, specifically Tibetan Five Element tantra. Uh, and so I was living on Kauai, I was teaching sacred erotic dance, and um, I was working with a natural health practitioner uh, who was a Tibetan Buddhist. He was a white guy, to be clear, European, um, but he was is was studying under a Buddhist Lama who is also one of the first Westerners to ever have become a Lama in this particular lineage and tradition of practice. Uh, and so this uh, natural health pr uh, practitioner that I was working with when our time together had ended, he communicated that he had recognized some potential in me for, you know, Tantra yoga practice and asked if I would be interested in engaging in a period of formal training. So this wasn't like a weekend workshop. It wasn't like, you know, a class I took online. He wasn't my romantic partner or my boyfriend. He was my mentor. He was my Tantra yoga mentor. And he was going to train me in this traditional uh, and ancient style of Tibetan five element Tantra, which incorporates and harnesses and utilizes sexual energy specifically for the purpose of healing and transformation of consciousness. And these teachings specifically are from the Shankpa Kagyu tradition of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. So I entered into a six month period of formal training under the Lama's umbrella under the Lama's guidance, which is how it's supposed to be done traditionally. And my mentor introduced me to the non-sexual and the sexual application of Tibetan Five Element Tantra. Um, from this practice within a few months, I realized that this was actually my, my the spiritual path that I wanted to walk for the remainder of this lifetime and into future lifetimes. So I actually changed traditions and became a Tibetan Buddhist, uh, took refuge in that tradition and was given the name Paulden Lamo, uh, which means uh, glorious goddess. Aww. similar to the to what Davy means it means glorious goddess essentially so we've got some congruency oh, there yeah so it's like meant to be there yeah, yeah. and then after the uh, after the six months of training my mentor and I decided that we wanted to continue our practice together and our training together under the Lama's guidance and so at that time I began to receive um, more advanced uh, teachings uh, sexual yoga teachings from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition um, and then after a period of time, our Lama, our teacher, gave us permission, and not just permission, but encouragement and blessing, because he saw the potential of having these uh, authentic and traditional uh, sexual healing methods available to the general public. And so he gave us blessing and permission and encouragement to bring these teachings out in the West. And this is the first time these specific Tibetan 
Tibet and five element teachings have ever been taught openly to the public wow. in the West. And so we teach the non-sexual application of the methods, which consists of meditation practices, yogic breathing and chanting. And then we instruct our students in how to apply them to our sexual pleasure experience as a way to, as I said, harness and cultivate sexual energy and direct it and utilize it for healing and transformation of consciousness and ultimately realization of our enlightened nature. Wow. Okay. That is a lot. Um, okay. <laughs> that, okay. So like, yeah. Wow. First of all, that's an incredible journey to kind of go, and I'm sure you've left out about like 50 pages worth of stuff in, in that. Absolutely. But what I was really drawn to and reading your bio and reading about you before this was like the sexual healing part of things. And you've touched yeah. on it there that, um, I think in, in, in the West, um, Obviously, I can't speak for for the East, but in the West, I think a lot of our sexual healing is it, it can be very stunted sometimes. Like, first of all, in Ireland, sexual violence just wasn't acknowledged for the longest mm -hmm. time. It was brushed under the carpet and stuff. And then it seems like we've, we've kind of just relied on therapy for a bit. And mm -hmm. talk therapy works for some people and that's great, but it doesn't work for others. And I think we're slowly getting getting like some somatic therapists, you know, in, mm -hmm. into the country. But again, very small and, and everything else. And, and people have to kind of come around to that idea as well but that idea of like trauma being stored in the body and using the body to heal rather than mm -hmm. the mind sometimes so talk mm -hmm. us through how tantra can help that that sexual healing process because it just sounds like there would be a lot of people that that might be really much more useful to rather than say talk therapy yeah, well, when we understand the impact of trauma, what it actually does to the body and the brain and the nervous system, then we can really connect the dots and see how these yogic methods can help reverse and transform uh, that. Also in Tantra, we work a lot with the energy body. So in Eastern philosophy, the energy body is actually senior or superior to the physical body. So in the West, if you can't see, taste, touch, or smell it, it doesn't exist. In the East, your energy happens first, and then all physical manifestation is an expression of energy. So when we're talking about trauma, we understand, and in our tradition, we understand the physiological impact of trauma, but we also understand that it damages the energy body as well. And this is one of the ways that Tantra really helps reverse this. So in our lineage of Tantra, as I said, we work with um, the word Tantra in our tradition refers to a yogic method of weaving light and sound with form. So form is the body, light is visualization, and sound is mantra. By weaving light and sound with form, we're able to directly access the energy body and catalyze transformation on the level of the energy body itself. This transformation that occurs energetically then translates to the physical form. Also, when we're talking just, just from the Western ideology of somatic healing, so trauma is stored in the cellular tissue, the emotional charge of it is stored in the physical body, it dysregulates the autonomic nervous system, so the autonomic nervous system is responsible for uh, all of our um, unconscious, you know, just kind of keeping the machinery running. And so when an autonomic nervous system is dysregulated, that means we're either kicked too far into the fight or flight response, which is the sympathetic nervous system, or we're collapsed or frozen in uh, or stuck in a freeze response, which is the parasympathetic nervous system. So we're, we're too far on either end, which means that we're not able to function optimally. We're not able to access and utilize, you know, our, a state of balance yeah. and balance is really the key to having like healthy brain chemistry, you know, healthy awareness 
healthy relationships is that balance in in the nervous system and Absolutely. the body well you, you can't you're surviving not yes. living or thriving when you're like that and there's no shame in that but it's just that's we can get stuck in our trauma like that well yeah, yeah it's it's quite literally trauma is a defensive response an undischarged defensive response that gets locked in the body that's what trauma actually is. It's not the event. It's it's our response to the event and the often the unprocessed uh, response to the event, right? So unprocessed emotion, unprocessed uh, energetic discharge from not being able to complete the fight or flight response, all of that. It's an, it's an incompletion of the cycle, essentially, is the way we think of trauma and accumulates over time. And then there's also a variety of different types of trauma. There's generational trauma, there's, you know, relational trauma, there's historical trauma, there's systemic trauma, there's all these types of trauma. So, you know, for those of us who study trauma, <laughs> it's like, you know, one would think the world is traumatized. And I say, yes, if the world was not traumatized, we would not be on the brink of destruction as a human species, but we are. And it's because of the accumulation of unresolved trauma, in my opinion. So the way to heal trauma, so keeping in mind that, that, that you know, the, the platform and the foundation of this is that the body is designed to heal itself. So if we can give it the support and encouragement that it needs, it will restore balance. Balance is the, the you know, that's the baseline. That's, that's what all of life is trying to move into harmony and balance. And so if we clear the obscurations and the obstacles out of the way, then balance will naturally be restored. And that's where Tantra comes in. So Tantra consists of a series of practices and methods. In our school, we specifically work with what we call the four pillars of healing. And these four pillars are meditation. These are the Tibetan five element meditation practices, movement practices. We work with the elements through movement and breath and awareness, which is a somatic healing method. We also use yogic methods for strengthening the pelvic floor and creating healthy genitals and healthy body. Um, so meditation, movement, connection. So connecting with ourselves, being able to uh, translate our inner dialogue into feelings and needs and understand our humanity with more clarity and awareness and compassion. So we use a lot of nonviolent communication developed by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg for connection practices, as well as using yogic breathing methods to connect with our, uh, our body beyond the intellect and yogic breathing methods to connect with partners, again, beyond the intellect. So it's a body to body, energy body the energy body connection as opposed to an intellectual processing and then pleasure pleasure is medicine quite literally i mean all you have to do is google you know the physiological benefits of pleasure and there you go there's a lot that's you know come online over the last decade in terms of how sexual pleasure specifically is nourishing for the body mind and heart so, um, so we work with these four pillars of healing and we work with uh, what I call yogic methods. They're not necessarily traditional yogic methods, but meaning mindful, present, aware practices to, um, uh, to facilitate, to support the body in healing, to facilitate regulation of the autonomic nervous system and to reestablish that resiliency. And resiliency in this context doesn't mean just being able to withstand a bunch of crap. It actually means uh, being able to uh, reach balance. So after uh, an injury or an insult or a trigger or something, we're not just stuck there and frozen there. We're actually able to uh, use these methods to restore that internal balance so that we can respond appropriately. 
Okay, okay. So that again, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, that's fine. But it seems it's so much deeper on on a whole different level than what a lot of people would understand tantra to be. I think we see tantra the same way we see the Karma Sutra, which is just here's a list of a hundred sex positions. You know, and, and tantra might be viewed the kind of same. And we hear that you know the stereotype is sting, and you have sex for eight hours, and you just gaze at each other, and it's great. Um. Uh, and that's kind of the viewpoint sometimes and like mm-hmm. you know we've we've kind of all been there of thinking god it's it, that that's all it is and it's it's just really really exciting to hear more and, and how you're talking about it and seeing that that potential there because like you do talk about sex is medicine and mm-hmm. tantra is medicine then in that case i mean mm-hmm. you're, you're government certified which is mm-hmm. wild like to, to kind of see mm-hmm. that so how mm-hmm. like when you have people coming to you, I, you know, I can imagine that they maybe they feel frustrated because they've tried other versions. And do, how do they feel if you're going, oh, it's Tantra? Do you have to unpack what they think of as Tantra or are they kind of on board already? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of unpacking. I mean, keeping in mind that like, uh, you know, I've been in the field for 13 years. And so where I am in my professional life now is I train practitioners. So I'm not necessarily, you're not like going to call Davey and be like, hey, I want to book a session with you. That's not, that's not. <laughs> It's not the way I roll anymore. So, so I actually train uh, facilitators. I train practitioners, and the pr- practitioners are the ones who are, you know, introducing this to to people for perhaps the, the first time. Um, but in general, yes, there is an unlearning because of the way that tantra has been bastardized in in the West. Um, and um, and you know, and I do I do want to say that you know, neo tantra has its benefits, right? So if you're just if you're really just looking for some sensuality enhancement, if you're really just looking to like quote unquote spice things up neo tantra is the path for you like that is that is that meets that need it serves that purpose beautifully but if you're looking for authentic tantra like true tantra it is science it is spiritual science and it is potent medicine so when people are first even people who've you know maybe done other styles of tantra even people who practice tibetan buddhism when they're introduced to the 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 tibetan five element healing system they report just tremendous and profound transformations like it, it, it it's it's indescribable and 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 you know and I, and I don't mean to be like, you know, puff it up bigger than it is, but it literally like, we hear this from our students every day, like, oh my God, like stuff that I've been dealing with for, you know, my entire life has just emotional, you know, issues that I've had, like family struggles, just dissolve, disappear and evaporate. Like their lives transform inside and out. This is, it is a spiritual path. So, you know, Tantra is not something that you just dip your toe in. Tantra, it is a spiritual path. There's a lineage behind it. There's a tradition. As I said, there's thousands of years of science. So it's, it's not like, you know, a new groovy fun thing to do unless you want to do neo-tantra but if you actually want to practice authentic real tantra it it is it is a it is a path of healing and it's a path of realization that's not something to be taken lightly and it will catalyze transformation on every level as i said body mind spirit and sex and so our graduates and our students have experienced just you know I don't know, mind-blowing transformation in every area of your life. And that, according to our Lama, is how you determine if your Tantra practice is actually authentic. There should be tangible, discernible, you know, definable results 
in your life, your life should be improving. There should be improvements in your, in your mental state, in your equanimity. There should be improvements in your relationship. There should be improvements in your uh, experience of life in general, if you are practicing an authentic and valid style of Tantra yoga. I think and you've mentioned the word authentic there quite a lot. And we, we do talk a lot on the podcast about authentic pleasure and trying to move away from faking things or, you know, performative pleasure and things like that. And the idea of sexual wellness. And I love that, you know, your, your whole approach is healing and, and medicine and, and things like this. Do you find that, you know, how do other medical professionals like respond mm-hmm. do you get like referrals from doctors or because I think we just ignore sexual wellness sometimes if we're looking at mental wellness or physical wellness we kind of forget the sex part of things well and so that's much. the problem in the society right and yet and yet our sexuality like that's the that's the core of our humanity it's where we came from so if you're leaving sexuality out of it you're leaving an, a very core aspect an essential aspect of our humanity out of the equation which is why there's so much dysfunction and dissatisfaction and all of that stuff so in terms of medical professionals you know it, it depends so holistic healing integrative medicine we have we actually have uh, one of our graduates is an integrative uh, medicine practitioner we have lots of uh, former uh, nurses and nurse practitioners uh, so 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 for people who are in the established medical field and know that there's something else and are interested in holistic remedies and holistic forms of healing and and support, um, yes, they're very interested for medical professionals that are very attached to the Western medical uh, concept and, and, and minimize and discard thousands of years of Eastern science. Uh, no, they're, they're not, they're not, they think that we're quacks, right? But that's okay. Like for me, the Western medicine has been around for a few centuries. Eastern medicine has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, there's something yeah. to it at that point. If it's, <laughs> if it's been working for that long, it's, it's kind of a good thing. And mm-hmm. then, so how do you work then? Is it like one-on-one? Is it group stuff? Is it obviously the mm-hmm. pandemic has changed things a little bit? Are you, are you all up to date on Zoom now or how, how are you yeah. working at the moment? Yeah. So again, I'm training practitioners. And so I work mostly on Zoom. We actually have our first in-person event in two years uh, later this month, uh, which we're very excited about. We're all fully vaccinated and just excited to be able to meet in person in a way that's safe and supportive. Um, But um, the way way, uh, my practitioners work is in a variety of ways. So many of them do group trainings online. Uh, Many of them do one-on-one coaching. Um, So we train our practitioners to be able to work in a, in a variety of capacities. So uh, there's an emphasis on coaching, private coaching, because of that like nurturing, healing, therapeutic relationship that can be established there. So uh, women, men, uh, non-binary, transgender, and couples are all welcome. Uh, and then, as I said, classes and workshops are another way we train our practitioners to be able to present this information. So uh, as I said, many of them are holding currently and through COVID holding online workshops. Uh, but when COVID is no longer that big of an issue, the in-person workshops. And I think that after COVID, post-COVID, there's going to be a huge need and desire for those in-person things. I think we're all a little bit Zoom exhausted. Yes. Right? <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. And then some of my some of my practitioners do do offer hands-on healing methods. And so that's not something that we 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 don't teach our practitioners to be hands-on healers, but we do teach them the methods to be able to do hands-on healing for themselves, their partners, and to be able to coach and guide other people through hands-on healing methods. And then some of our practitioners, as I said, they are body workers and they do like to work with 
their clients through touch, uh, through healing touch. And so we just provide training to support the the nuances and the variety of ways that uh, that people uh, like to convey and then receive, assimilate information, um, and and so yeah. So, but me personally, again, I'm training trainer. So you're, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're, you're outside that. But I think it's interesting. Of you know, like you've got all the diff- the five different stages and uh, stages. Uh, Five elements, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, five elements, Um, yes. (laughs) You've got the five different elements. I wonder, like, do you find most people find you through the sex element and then discover that there is more to it or is it the, the other way around? Yeah, I would say that most people find us through the sexuality, right? And so, and so that, you know, yes, Tantra isn't always, isn't all about sex and sex is an important piece of Tantra. That's the thing, the balance. And so that's, you know, that's kind of like the space that, that I feel that our school serves is we have a foot, you know, kind of on either side of the bridge. We have that traditional, you know, Buddhist uh, understanding and backing and training, but also we're Westerners. And also many of us have survived sexual assault and sexual trauma. And so the sexual application of these methods is very uh, important. It's very salient uh, and necessary in this day and age. And so many of the people, yes, they come to us because they're looking for uh, for a way to heal their relationship to their sexuality, whether it's been because of abuse or just because of, you know, myths and disinformation in the society or a lack of information. So they're looking to heal and understand and come to, come to empowerment and sovereignty with the relationship to their sexuality, but they want to do it in a way that also uh, holds and uplifts the spirituality and and the holistic nature of who we are as human beings. So they may have been exposed to you know other styles of sex education because you know sex education is its whole own field. But there was there was something that didn't resonate with just taking that kind of Western approach. They wanted that spiritual and healing element as well. Okay, oh, that, I mean that makes sense. You know, you know, for for people and well, I think all those elements they're so interconnected anyway. Like if you look at the dance one, you know, that's there's pleasure, mm-hmm. there's sex. If you're talking about the erotic mm-hmm. dance, the, the mm-hmm. connection, but I think mm-hmm. a lot a lot of like Western healing and just thinking back to like therapy sessions, you sit in a chair and you you talk about your stuff or if you're Freudian and you're into psychoanalysis you lie down on a couch and it's it's non-movement so I I like that it's something you're healing through moving I think that's that's a new Mm -hmm. concept for some people maybe yeah well that's the thing again trauma lives in the body so I my my phrase is that trauma is a physiological issue with psychological repercussions so it affects our mind but that's not where it lives and, and I think that talk therapy is really great. Like I have a counselor. I, I mean, all of us as practitioners, we all have counselors because we need to talk about stuff. I mean, life is big. It's yeah. overwhelming. And it's great to have a sounding board and some reflection and, and another, another pair of ears and eyes on the situation. So that's not to discount talk therapy at all. But in and of itself, it's insufficient for the, re- the complete resolution of trauma because trauma lives in the body. <laughs> it doesn't live in the, bri- the, the brain. It affects the brain. It affects the mind, but it doesn't live there. So so, um, so we have to go to the body if we want to have a full resolution and a completion and a complete release of that traumatic imprint from the soma, from the flesh, we have to work with the flesh. We have to work with the tissue itself. So that's a basic principle of somatic healing. Soma means body. 
and it's and it's addressing the illness and dysfunction and wounding and trauma at the level of the body itself and then from there once you address it at the root then again it translates to to all of the other branches so to speak and i could see that being particularly useful for perhaps people who've had complex um, PTSD. So for those who don't know, PTSD is usually if everything's sticking along nicely and then all of a sudden you have a traumatic incident and then you have to recover from that. That's PTSD. But complex PTSD, so complex post-traumatic disorder syndrome or disorder, complex post-traumatic, post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder. There we go. Um, it is if you've just you haven't had a chance because you're constantly being in fight or flight because there's so much stuff happening and it's connected to like childhood abuse. So you haven't had this like good foundation under you and it's mm-hmm. just trauma, 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 trauma. Mm-hmm. So that's really hard to process for a lot of people, who, especially if they haven't named some of that stuff as trauma, but our yes. body knows it's trauma. So perhaps that's a really um a, a good approach for specifically for people with CPTSD, do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a CPTSD survivor myself. And then, you know, for for those of us who are people of color, particularly in North America, we're consistently subjected to racial violence on a daily basis. So we're constantly having to uh, to deal with 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 trauma. Uh, with violence, which is traumatic. Um, So, so absolutely. So, you know, again, the whole thing about, about trauma and healing is we want to reestablish balance in the autonomic nervous system. So we want to go, so talking and thinking about stuff doesn't necessarily restore balance to your nervous system, but deep breathing, focusing on your breath, focusing on your body, focusing on your environment, being able to like, you know, focusing on embodiment, like being in your human form. That is the gateway. That's to begin the process of re-regulating the nervous system. And, and I do want to say in terms of trauma, like we, we at our school do not have the capacity to work with people who, who uh, are just in the beginning of their journey of healing trauma. We are not psychotherapists. We are not, you know, doctors. Uh, we are, we're yogis essentially. And so um, when people work with us, there's a certain, there's a certain level of, of self-awareness uh, that is necessary in order to begin engaging in these methods. And there's also like having, having already intellectually processed some of that trauma is necessary or some of those traumatic experiences is necessary to have like a, uh, you know, an intellectual kind of way to compartmentalize and understand uh, because when this stuff starts releasing from the body, it can be overwhelming. The emotion of it, you know, can be overwhelming, particularly if we've repressed them for a long time. So we do need, we need uh, our graduates and our students to have some coping skills in place before we start introducing these more, these somatic uh, methods for healing. That, that, that makes absolute sense. And I suppose that's a, it's almost a kind of handy red flag as well if someone was out there looking for you know a practitioner in this area and they said yeah sure come along I'll, I'll i'll solve all your stuff for you straight away and so that's obviously a massive red flag for that but even yeah. i think with the meditation element that you have as well it's like that's really hard for a lot of people to like relax into meditation especially if you're in crisis mode because mm-hmm. crisis mode you're just you can't relax you're you're fight yes. or flight you're like your brain just doesn't switch off and that's very frustrating for a lot of people but I suppose maybe if you're a little bit further along in the journey you're more open to the meditation part of things. 
Well, yes, but also uh, the movement, we, we work as a moving meditation, right? So I have worked with clients uh, through the years that, that have too much uh, hypervigilance, too much of an undischarged um, response in the nervous system to, to comfortably sit and do meditation. It's like, it's, it's agitating for them. And so what we've done instead is we've used breath and awareness and movement to help release, uh, to discharge some of that energy uh, from the body and get them to a point where they can comfortably sit and follow their breath. So, you know, we, that's why we have four pillars of healing. So we can come at it, you know, at the healing process with whatever uh, method is going to be most supportive in that moment. So not everybody needs to start with just being able to sit and meditation, meditate. Some people need to move to meditate. Some people need to do more of a, just a yogic, a deep yogic breathing practice, as opposed to more of a, you know, nose breath and, and training meditation kind of breath. Some people want to focus on one my day. But like, are you talking about engaging with people for like six weeks or is it a year or is there a usual like an average time frame that, that, you know, somebody would go to this kind of, you know, experience through? All of the above. Okay. So yeah. I um, thought that so, was going to be the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the focus at, at our school is to is to teach people to fish, so to speak, right? So so we're not here to just give you an experience. We are here to give you tools so that you can cultivate your own experience on demand wherever you are. Tantra is a lifelong path, right? So it's not like you do it once. It's not a one and done. It's a constant, ongoing growth, development, and cultivation. It's a, it's a it's an evolution of consciousness, quite literally. I've been doing this for thirteen years. I've been doing the same methods for 13 years and I learn something new every single time I do them. Every single time I sit with my spine straight to follow my breath, I learn something new. Like it's unimaginable. So in terms of how we teach, we 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 share ultimately methods and tools that people utilize to cultivate their own experience of wellness. And we, we offer a supportive container for as long as the person desires. So yes, someone can have a, you know, choose a six week container. Uh, in our school, we offer a 13 session um, uh, tantric healing mastery training a program for the general public. And it's also uh, the prerequisite to our 11 month government accredited certification program. So there's a 13 session journey that can happen over a period of four months, or it could be stretched out over a year, depending on what the, cl the client and the student needs and wants and desires. Uh, and then from there, should people choose to proceed, then we have this, uh, the 11 month uh, government accredited certification program, which again, you know, people, many people go through for professional credentials, but we have had people, some people go through that program just for their own uh, enhancement, their own personal enhancement. And then beyond that, we continue to work with our graduates in continuing education because we are really wanting to cultivate and create a community around the understanding that Tantra is healing. Um, so, um, and so support support in terms of our healing journey and how long people, you know, work with us. Um, uh, support is really important. Um, and people work with us for as long as they desire, quite frankly. <laughs> it's it. really up to you. Yeah. Well, that's it. There's no like short answer for some of these things. I mean, if you've been storing trauma in your body for 20 years, it's not going to be gone like overnight. You know, we got to exactly. work this. And also like learn what it's like to not live with trauma. That's a process yeah. in itself of going, yes. oh, I have all this energy now. Like what do I, yeah. that can be overwhelming for some people, you know, especially yeah. when you're so used to just 
surviving it's like oh what what do I do now you know that's a whole new way of living for a lot of people so I think that's really really important so I'm so delighted that like you you know you're putting all this out into the world you're putting out all the people that you've trained it's like a little spider web of healing kind uh-huh. of going out or a healthy spider web I don't know what, yeah yeah I love that it's, nice it's, like, it's like a like the little uh the rays of healing going out yeah. into the world so yes uh-huh. yeah less scary than yeah. spiders <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that one a bit more so that's fun and um, where can people find the information if they want to get all signed up and I know you're doing some online stuff at the moment as well because thanks thanks COVID yeah yeah um, so people can find out more about the school at authentictantra.com that's where we run our programs uh, I have my own website davywardtantra.com and that's just kind of like all my media stuff and I look all pretty and shiny and sparkly so uh, that's fun too but I'm not currently offering programs through my Davy Ward Tantra site so authentictantra.com if you want to work with us um, that's where you'll find us we also do have uh, for men we have uh, an up and running uh, online training ejaculation mastery uh, which teaches some of our Tantra yoga methods for uh, lasting longer and separating orgasm from ejaculation to become a multi-orgasmic man. Uh, that's a video training program you can you can purchase. Um, and then if you're interested in personal coaching, that would be found under our Contra Mastery training program for people of all genital anatomies. Mm, fantastic. And is, is there a list on the website all of like, oh, here's all the people we've trained, here's their locations? Yeah, we have all our faculty. Oh, yeah, we have all of our faculty, faculty. and we have, um, I, we don't have all of our certified practitioners. We've had the certified practitioners that have sent us their bios okay. <laughs> so not everyone has because you know whatever yeah, not yeah, everyone wants to, well but, they um, miss out then because people will go and find the people that are available so yeah exactly <laughs> yes but we have a i think we have a healthy healthy a retinue or a healthy gang healthy team of practitioners um all over north america uh and we do have some um i know we had one in china and one in australia can't remember off the top of my head but oh. yeah all in north america and again we work long distance on zoom yeah. so you can be anywhere in the world yeah the joy the silver lining of zoom i suppose that yeah we now have access yes. to all these things exactly. which is fantastic so brilliant i mean i i just i love that like you're just this lovely little ray of sunshine and i think for anyone who's struggling with sexual healing um or any kind of healing and trauma and things like that it, it's just lovely to know there are people out there in the world changing it and there are options for people yeah. i think that's really important for people to hear that and also hear the joy in your voice is really nice mm. that like you know y- you've been through the wars yourself and look where you are now and i think that's really important to to think that there's so much potential there you know we can yeah. we can heal and we can move on and we, we can thrive so it's really nice yeah. to see and you're yeah. shining an example of that so thank you oh thank you well healing yeah. is our birthright right and so you know however we we are able to access the methods and the support that we need to heal like please please uh you're you're worth it absolutely yeah, yeah. and I think people can't hear that message enough so yeah no, thank you for putting that out there so brilliant thank you so much and yeah best of luck with going back into person experiences again yeah thank you so much have a thank have a beautiful you. day thank you <laughs> and thanks Mil, to all my listeners I definitely recommend you to check out the site and it's just such a lovely little positive step and it's nice to know we have options you know and moving forward and things like that so um if you want to get in touch with the podcast the twitter and instagram is at glow west podcast and I'll chat to you next week